You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Now listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it to so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of more discovering. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the first to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause. Without a man, but you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's being rainy. You have a special kind of responsibility. The ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry. Grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls. Keep your love strong. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to AV Underground, the podcast where we talk to you about what it's like spiraling into a deep well of depression <laughs> while burning yourself out on trying to appease everyone on the internet. I'm Josh Needham. <laughs> I am MJ Watson, who uh, now feels this is a lot more real than I was ready for That's for this <laughs> intro. <laughs> no, we're not going to have one of those episodes. I was just being uh, facetious. Oh, I yeah, no, we're just teasing you guys. Uh, I haven't experienced like anything super burnouty or even like depressing episodes since yeah. the last episode we had. So yeah, we're good. I've been Everything is good this burnout. week. It hasn't been burnout. It's been like, actually like I feel I, like I said last week, I feel way more refreshed with my content creation for some reason. Same. I feel a lot more relaxed with things going forward, but I also feel a lot more like stressed with things going <laughs> well, forward. It's, it's a weird balance. Okay. I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, I don't want this to become like the how to Twitch podcast. Yes. Uh, it just happens that like Twitch is what I'm focused on right now. So that's the things that I'm like, f- my mind is entirely there. Uh, and I didn't realize getting into it how much it was going to demand of me uh, mentally, physically as well, but like mostly mentally. So way more to it than I, I thought. Yeah. Like, well, when I was doing YouTube stuff, even that month I was doing like a video a day. It's like it's all pre-recorded stuff, so it's not too bad. It, uh, it it takes me time to record, takes me time to edit, then I upload, I leave it, and there it goes. With streaming, it's a little more demanding, I feel, because live streams, the clips that you can get from live streams are fun to watch sometimes in like on YouTube when they get uploaded. But I don't know many people whatsoever, unless they're already a fan of my channel, that's going to go to YouTube and go, oh, here's a two-and-a-half-hour playthrough of... Uh, what was that game that I played? Tattletale. Because we did a two and a half hour stream of Tattletale, which is like Furby nightmares, basically. <laughs> it's an indie horror game. It's wonderful. Uh, but no one's going to go on YouTube and be like, oh, yeah, two and a half hours for a, a playthrough of this game. Sign me up. I'm into that. That's why like our stuff on that gets exported to YouTube is really just there for archive for people who like watched half of the stream and then like they got disconnected because European Internet sucks or... Uh, they're driving home or something and missed a chunk. So like it's there for people to watch. But, you know, when I was making YouTube content, it felt more I, like I wasn't as often in the public eye kind of a thing. Whereas with Twitch, you go live, you're live. You better have good reaction, like like quick reaction times if something comes up. Uh, last week, we had talked about people, crappy people in the world and how they uh, <laughs> will troll on you in sometimes harmless little ways and sometimes horrendous ways that potentially get people killed and you know i haven't had to deal with any of that but i'm getting off topic so my brain's been like all over the place i had kind of assumed like when i get into twitch okay i'm going to be concerned with the obvious things like make sure my twitch page looks good make sure i can market myself uh make sure that my streams are consistent that i have a schedule down and i didn't realize how far this was going to take me because uh, I mean, we're affiliate status. We're working our way towards partnered. It's a slow battle because we are a uh, variety streaming channel. So it's it's harder to pick up people in a niche like Fortnite or something and then, you know, retain that same audience because a lot of people that are there for games are there just for a game. 
And we're doing a lot of like indie titles and especially the month of September and October, we're going to be doing more like indie titles and horror games. But so I'm like, oh, well, what what other cool things can I do for the stream? So like I had added a panel forever ago that as people are watching every 10 minutes you watch, you earn two tokens. And right now, that's just like a ranking of who's had more watch time. So you have like the top three for the week or it's like the top 10, really. But I mostly focus on the top three and it just tells you like who's been watching more. That's been really useful. That's been fun because people compete with that. People have been competing with the top ranking bit donations. So people throw on bits at us and like that's cool. But now I'm also trying to think of more fun ways to incorporate that because obviously if there's more fun ways to incorporate it, not only is it better for everyone who's throwing bits, but also it encourages more people to get in on the bit wars. So there's that. And then I'm like, well, shoot, I want to put my schedule up. But, you know, with someone who's streaming like Overwatch, if I was just doing Overwatch for say, I could say, okay, I stream Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight. Right. And you know I'm streaming Overwatch. Right. But where we do variety games, I want to be able to tell people like this is what game we're playing tonight because I have a lot of people both that I know in real life and people on the Discord server that go, hey, what's the game for tonight? Hey, what are we streaming tonight? And... I'm like, oh, well, we're doing this game. And for a while, I was doing every Sunday, I would drop a tweet that would have, this is our schedule for this week. These are the games we're playing. This is the times they start. Right. I get notified of those tweets. I'm going to start doing that again. I fell behind on it a little bit, but that was mostly because I was very short-sighted. I didn't have a lot of planning. So it was like, yeah, I'll play, I don't know, what do I want to play tonight? Shoot. And then I'll find a game like last minute. I don't want to throw you off, but isn't there a way, like, do you think you can automate that? Automate the tweet? Like, yeah, I don't know if, like, because of how you do it, like, you'd have to really, you're not, like, you're scheduled, but you're not, like, to the T scheduled, so I don't know if that would, like, maybe affect it, because, like, what if, like, maybe you're, like, five minutes late, or, like, ten minutes late to the stream, but your automated text gets sent out anyway, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's how you, something you have to think about, but... Not something I've had to think about. Right. Um, I usually start my streams ten minutes early to let people, like, settle in and people right, know right, that right. we're live, and then I can work on uh, getting in from there. It's been a lot of, like... You know, you think of getting into Twitch and I'm sure a lot of people from the outside are like, oh, you just all you have to do is like go on your computer, start your stream and play video games and people will just throw money at you. And that's not the case. Like that was the case. Me there's and you so much rich. more that goes into it because like Streamlabs OBS that I stream through has themes that you can download and install that gives you like a look to things. You know, it's like a certain bar that has your name and social media in it, certain be right back pages and things like that. And those are great if you're starting out. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, I need my own theme to be made. And now that I have an understanding of how those themes get pieced together, I can work on building my own thing. So, and by I can work on it, I mean Annabelle will <laughs> undoubtedly uh, answer my requests because she has all of the graphical talent that I don't have and has been very good at like, I have an idea. I have a crazy idea. I want to do this. And she's like, like this. And I'm like, yes, it's freaking perfect. <laughs> You're a genius. So... <sighs> There's that. Um, but no, with the automated tweets, like I can schedule tweets well ahead of time to be like, hey, this is our schedule for this week. But I might actually have I, you, I think you're on to something because um, I might be able to do that. I tend to now that I know now that I know what I'm going to be doing, because what I did is we have a page on our website. If you did like, yeah, dude, backslash live, that brings you to a page that initially was just a little piece of text that said we're live um, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern time till midnight. This, yep. More days to be added when available. 
and it would have an embedded video player of our Twitch stream, which is great and all because like you go there, you have an understanding of what we're doing. You can see the video if we're live and watch it through the website. But I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I made a Google calendar and I made a Google calendar specifically for Twitch stream schedule. And with Google calendars, I guess you can like make a calendar specifically for my Twitch stream schedule. I put uh, like I wrote my plan out. I'm like, okay, we stream on these days. These are the games I want to get through. This is the month of October. So I'm like really planning. Like I want to play Outlast. I want to play um, Until Dawn and a few others that I had on that list. So I'm like, I want to schedule these in. So I'm like hopping over to howlongtobeat.com, which if you're a gamer and you ha- and stream or do um, Let's Plays on YouTube, I highly recommend that website because it will give you like how long to get through the main story of a game, how long to do the main story plus extras and how long to be a completionist about it so that you can figure out, okay, well, if I'm doing half hour episodes for Let's Plays, it's going to be this many episodes. I can figure out, okay, if I'm doing a live stream of this game and it takes six hours to beat, I play two hours a night. It's going to take me roughly three days to beat. And, you know, by day three, if I have to go over by a half hour to an hour or whatever to make it happen, I'm going to make it happen. I like games like Life is Strange that are divided up by episodes because those episodes are usually only a couple hours long. So I can be like, okay, one full episode each of these nights. So I went through, I filled out the calendar. uh, Annabelle and I went through and did everything up through October. And I was able to embed that calendar onto our live stream page. So now it's just the video player. And then underneath that is the calendar with exactly what game we're playing and what time it starts. I could probably take that, put that into each week, make a tweet for each week. And just set that up to automatically go out on Sundays so that people can know. The thing is, I can automate the tweet, but I can't automate it to pin to the top of my right. Twitter every week. And that would be... Which is what I need to do. Exactly. Because I want like, people that go to our Twitter. I don't really use my Twitter for much. I am right. not like a Twitter famous person. This is where you need a social media manager. But we are... Oh, that, God. That, that things is, I can't afford. Exactly. So, <laughs> And I have so many other things I'm trying to afford at the time. Right. So, I'm, The thing is, and like I was just going to say, like, would... Would you having to go to your Twitter every week to pin the tweet to the top of your account just like make the whole automated thing worthless? Because like at that point you could just make the no. I don't. I don't think it'd be worthless. Right. Um. I think honestly, what I would probably end up doing is take the format that I have of this week's stream schedule and then have the days written out and whatnot and fill in the blanks and make like pre-make the tweets for everything I know that we're doing throughout the month of October. So they're separated, right. put them in a note on my phone. And then on Sunday, I just go, okay, it's this week. Copy, paste that, pin it, tweet it, done. Good. Strike that, reverse it, tweet it, pin it, done. Because <laughs> uh, that takes me all of like four minutes maybe if my internet's slow. So that's not a huge deal. That would actually probably be really useful. But this is what I'm talking about. Is like there's so many other little things outside of just streaming my live streams that I have to think about that I love thinking about, but it's a little, it's painful for two reasons. One with working a full-time job and everything, like I don't have a lot of excess time right outside of work stream. And there's no sense in not streaming and working on the stream because then I have nothing I'm working on. I'm just like, you know, and I don't want to be one of those people that's like, I'm going to just quit my job and do nothing but stream because then it's, it puts way too much pressure on both me and my audience of like, I'm trying to make a living out of this. Uh, <laughs> help me. It's, you know, then I feel like that just takes the fun right out of it. And then it also becomes a thing with like the thing with like all these little details, like what you said with like Twitch streaming, but like it's one of those things like in content creation in general, like it's great because there's so much things that you can change and so much things that you can micromanage to make your make whatever you're doing better. 
But like you said, it also can create so much stress because you're one, it's one of those things that even, no matter how little something is, if you go into it and you change that thing or you change whatever it is and it doesn't work out, you feel like you've wasted so much time on just this little thing for no reason. And like it's just another one of those things that like it adds to so much stress. Um, like not, I don't want to say like un- unnecessary stress, but it's one of those things that I find myself when I'm at my job. Um, that's the one thing that I always think about, not like the real major things in my podcast, but very little things like that. Like, uh, how can I make my social media page more efficient or stream like that more? And like, I, I, it's one of those things that thinking about it at work isn't necessarily a good thing. Cause I'm sitting there being like, I'm thinking about all these little things that are just going to bother me rather than me being like, I'm going to go home and can't wait to do this. It's going to be like, oh shit, I should probably be doing that. Or my, no one's going to listen to my podcast. That's one of those hard things right. with, uh, with content creation too. And I, I saw it really well put together. Um, I can't remember the Damn YouTube it, channel anymore. My swear streak. All right, continue. That was ruined last week. I, was it? I thought, I, I, I believe so. I thought it was, pre- oh wait, no, you're right. At like the start of last week, I, I said the F word. Damn yeah. it. So, and we're back to zero. <laughs> Uh, days without MJ swearing, zero. <laughs> days since last incident, zero. zero. Um, I'm going to have to put that up on the whiteboard. <laughs> but uh, so I saw someone, I forget the YouTube channel now. It was one of the creators I used to follow back when I started going back to school. And he was kind of having a talk about the the difference between, you know, if you were like, say you were a video editor for Game of Thrones. So you're working on a TV production. Oh, God bless you. Um, alternatively, is- you're a YouTube creator. And he was like, the thing people don't realize is like, if you work on whether it's a Hollywood production or a television production or whatever the case is, if you're making something for mainstream media and you're an editor, all you're doing is editing. That's it. Someone else is working on pre-production planning, post-production corrections. Someone else does audio. Someone else does like the filming. Someone else is directing. Someone else is producing. Like you, you just edit. That's right. your thing. And sometimes you have a few other people to edit with when you are a content creator for YouTube or Twitch or any video format. uh, If you're a creator for podcasting, whatever it is, like you have to think that what goes into NPR, they have so many people working on it. And you see that in some YouTube channels now, too, like um, Rhett and Link with Good Good Mythical Morning. They have an entire production crew because they're popping out a video a day with reasonably high quality. It's a really good show. There's a lot of production value that goes into it. And when you're a YouTube creator, you are the producer, you are the director, you are the cameraman, you are the editor, you're the sound guy, you are the social media team, you are your own PR guy, you are your own marketing department. You are everything that goes into that is one person. And it is maddening. It is. That's why a lot of the bigger YouTubers have an entire team that works with them. You know, like Matt Pat with Game Theory has editors that work for him, people that do all that kind of stuff. He, like I said, Rhett and Link. Uh, Linus Tech Tips, like a lot of the people that I, even like Pete McKinnon, one of my favorite vloggers. Now, him and Maddie Hapoya have both hired editors, from my understanding, because I mean, it makes sense. Right. Ah, ignore the uh, the neighbor with the Harley. <laughs> I'm, I'm like waiting because I there's not a hot, single motorcycle owner I know that doesn't pull into a space where you no longer need to move and doesn't rev the shit out right. of the engine. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't. But um, anyway. So like, yeah, they've both hired editors to my knowledge now because not having to spend the time on editing when they already have an essentially a style, they've shown what they can do with editing. Now it's kind of time to take someone else under your wing, like hopefully brush some of that style off on them, but also bring their own style into it so that your videos can continue having a high quality polish, 
but you have more time to go out and collect the film and do the actual things that you put right. in the videos. And think about other things. And I do think a lot of creators will see something like that and go, oh my God, I need to be doing crazy, amazing things. It's going to make me a ton of money. I need to put out high quality content on this frequent of a basis. And it's like, you know, this is just you doing this. This is not, they have a team. They have people they work with. They also started like small, worked their way up to the point where like, okay, my revenue from whether it's merchandise or whatever revenue stream you've got going on, you're like, okay, well now this is enough. I can actually hire people. And that gives me more time to make more videos, which means more income. And it just, it's spiral. It snowballs is the thing. It's one of those, like you ever seen like pushing a boulder up a hill, you get to the top of the hill and then the boulder rolls down on its own. Like all that hard work is now you just like, let it go. There it goes. Bye. And, uh, it just does the work for you. Yeah. Which God someday, (laughs) but I'm like, you know, when we did live productions through the college, we did, um, the rotary auction auction. Uh, I mean, the, the band 19 wasn't a, uh, was a live su- event. It was supposed to be a live event. And yeah. Then, and then uh, issues out of our control. We, so like the, yeah. the rotary auction and when I was working with AOTV and the live auction that they do at the end of every year, there's a lot of stress and that's in a team environment, right? That's like the gear is already set up and this is gear. Like we're using the type of gear that I'll never afford. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you know, someday when prices adjust and all that, but like, they're using like industry standard gear, like a $10,000 switching system kind of deal. And it, it blows my mind. It's amazing stuff to work with, but it's also very stressful. And I'm trying to figure out how do I take that professional level of quality in a live production and simplify it to a point where I could run it by myself while being the person on screen. Right. And it's, it's a little maddening, but it's also really exciting it's- because you feel like you're trying to take something that hasn't, quite been done like there are plenty of people that are doing this like uh not Streamlabs, but um elgato Streamlabs does like the software kind of stuff elgato does the hardware right. end of things like they make the capture cards and elgato put out a what's it called a stream deck which if you haven't seen they're really neat it's just a little box that has a bunch of buttons on it and you can program those buttons to do different scenes you showed this to me yeah and it's basically like the switch and control board that we had in the live studio area right. Uh, studio room when we were switching cameras and doing this and that, bringing up graphics. And I'm like, man, that would be amazing. So that's like all this cool technology and cool things that are coming in and like trying to make better, uh, better quality productions with a smaller and smaller team. I think about it differently, actually, like, because you remember when we used to talk about how uh, when, when we were in Jim's class and he was talking about news production and he's like, it used to be that you'd have a floor director and individual camera people And you'd also have the guy up in the booth that was giving floor direction that was running teleprompter. And they've slowly condensed that down. So it's like one guy in a room in Washington state (laughs) is controlling four different newsrooms with automated cameras, teleprompting and everything like insane, insane. And like that is the kind of simplification that I hate to see because that is losing people jobs. That's. You know, just putting a lot more stress on one person like, for less pay. Yes, it's more efficient, but you have there's there's more negatives to it, as in like a societal side. But it's it. the weird, like that's like the weird other side of the coin of yeah. making things so simple that I could run a professional right. stream type deal. And like my streams are okay so far. I think a lot of it is just like the personality, the games we're playing, the interactions with people, which is like top priority. But I also want to add a higher quality uh, production to that. As I go along. Right. And, you know, that's and one then, of those things that it'll it'll happen over time. And but like the thing is, like one of the worries is not getting lost 
in the little details of things and not getting like not getting because like like you said earlier it's it's maddening and it's challenging but it's also one of those things that when you're doing it it's also one of those things that can help you relax in a weird sense of being able to think of how it's like a puzzle it's like a puzzle like when you first start a puzzle you look at it and you're like this is gonna take forever this is gonna be challenging like you you try and put together two three your two three starting pieces and you're like this is this is unbelievable. This is not going to happen. This isn't going to work. And then you do it. And once you start moving right along and start, the pieces start coming together to it easier and easier. That's when things become more fun. And that's when it's like, okay, I'm making this better and better, which each step I make. And it's just one of those things that it's impossible almost not to get lost in the little details because of how maddening and how frustrating it is. So like, I don't know, like ask you that, how do you like, do you have a way for how you avoid getting too lost in that? And how do you know when to like, just it's it's another question of how do you know when to just back out of what you're doing what you like because little things are so there could be anything from i need new microphones to like you said like i need to work on the logo of my coffee mugs in my merch store right and, and like but the thing is it could be there could be 10 little things or there could be 10,000 little things so i try to look at um because okay so i'm thinking i would consider my uh, content production between the podcasts. We do three podcasts a week and at least three, if not four live streams a week. But my main focus is on Twitch right now. And I would consider my content production, my full-time career path. I only say that because generally, like if you're working for a company, they hire you on, say you're a manager level and you're on salary. Now the company is your life. If you, any, you talk to anyone who runs a comic shop, and it's, it's not a nine to five. You are there 10 hours a day or however long they're open because this is your life. When you're outside of work, you're thinking about what new products can I introduce? How can I like introduce new events? How do we get more people into the stuff? It is all consuming. And so that's why I would consider this my full-time career is media production because 100% of the time, it's all you maybe 98% of the time, I'm sleeping 2%, but 98% uh, <laughs> of the, my, my life is spent all consumed with what can I do to make it better? What am I doing right? And so like you're saying with um, when, when we started school for uh, video production, one of the big things a lot of people say is like, don't get caught up in the gear. Don't get caught up in the gear. And it's easy to do. Oh, I need a better camera. I need better this. I need better that. And I we think did a whole episode on this. There's nothing better than when I'm sitting around just like thinking about this, that, whatever. And it's usually when I'm doing something like at work. That is completely unrelated. And that ties back into our whole flow state thing of like, think about something a lot, remove yourself entirely from that subject. And all of a sudden it switches to subconscious processing and then boom, ideas hit. So I have that a lot at work. I have a notebook that I leave off to the side now because as much as I hate notebooks because I can't read my own darn handwriting, <laughs> it's also a lot less likely that I'm going to get myself in trouble for like jotting a note yeah. in a notebook than pulling out my phone, opening up Evernote and looking like I'm texting. And I don't know what it is. Like I have no explanation for it, but I much I remember things much easier. I remember notes and they resonate with me more if I write them down on a notebook rather than putting them in my laptop. It's the process of actually writing right. it. Right. Because that sticks in your head for some reason more yeah. so than typing it. Um. But I'm going to tell you, there's it's it's a weird double edged sword, because on the one hand, I think of something like we were talking earlier. I want to get a wood panel photo backdrop for this wall so that we can ha start building an actual like set that's appropriate for live stream. So it's not cluttered. It's not boring. It's not plain. Uh, it adds character to it. And that idea I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. There's nothing like having a eureka moment and 
realizing, oh, oh my God, I need to write this down because this is really cool. This is something that I can do and it makes sense and it would add a whole lot of production quality and value to what I'm doing. And then going, yeah, I can't afford that. Never mind. <laughs> so you write it down and it stays there for a while. So I try to balance uh, practicality of what I'm doing. Like I have to continuously think to myself, okay, well, if I put an actual, if I spend the time to rip everything off this wall, put a backdrop up and then make everything look nice, how often am I going to use it? You know, like as much as I like looking at new cameras, new DSLRs, I'm like, I barely use yeah. my Nikon. Forget that makes it. no sense. Right. As much as I would love to upgrade all of our microphones and everything at this point, I have no need to upgrade our audio board. I have no need to upgrade these mics. We are like it doesn't make sense right now because our podcasting isn't like turning any revenue. We're, we're not like making anything off the podcast. So it's like. I could spend money on new mics, but none of these are broken. The audio quality is decent. Uh, I mean, again, we're not NPR, but we also don't have their production team and their financial backing. So it's pretty damn good for not NPR, I would say. I like to think so, <laughs> uh, especially considering like the space we're in is not. <laughs> yeah, treated. exactly. So there's a lot of things. And that's another one of those things like I could I could be thinking to myself, I need to spend money on acoustic treatment. I need to, you know spend money making a separate recording area from where the microphones are at. I need to spend time thinking about, oh, how do I make this look as much like a, a radio station studio as I possibly can? How right. do I get the headphone thing? Like it's a lot of, it's just pointless. Yeah. And you have to kind of be very real with yourself and realize that. Yeah. And then sometimes things have to be practical. Like you said, sometimes things feel like they'd be pointless. Like, oh man, I, I want to think of like cool new merch that I can make in my merch store. And you like there's some little voice in the back of my head that goes, you just want to make money. And it's like, I mean, that's what's stopping me from that's making not. Much. Yeah, it's like it's not just I'm not like throwing things out there with like the oh, people will buy this stupid people and I can make so yeah. much money. You it's idiots. The, it's the idea of like, what would be fun? What would I buy if I was shopping for merch? Right. And it's really cool to be able to make things and be like, this is something I would wear. This is something I would want. And put that out there and then seeing other people that obviously are of the same mindset I am or people that like what we're doing and want to be able to represent it. You know, uh, people that want something in their life physical that they can be like, OK, this whole thing, this whole like Twitch channel and these people that I hang out with. It's not just a fever dream. This is my way of reminding myself of these people when I'm not watching the stream, when I'm not interacting with them in the discord server. Right. Like. You can go to work and it doesn't matter what your job is. If you have like one of our logo on a T-shirt or something, assuming you're allowed to wear T-shirts at work, don't disobey dress code just to <laughs> rep our brand. But I do appreciate it. Um, but like wearing a T-shirt that's got our logo on it, you just like, you know, if that is calling back to people with like thoughts and feelings of happy times or fun times we had in the stream, then that's that's flipping awesome. But I'm also trying to think of like, kooky fun how do i put my own personality into right. merchandise and i enjoy doing that it's not something i think about like and that's a practical thing as well because what is the like there's two outcomes when i make a new piece of merch right no one buys it i make no money off of it no one cares there's really no downside there what's the other side is like i make something and someone or a bunch of people go i love this i need this in my life Right. And now it's out there in the world and it exists. It's just like content creation really is like you make something that you enjoy, you put it out there and worst case scenario, no one cares. Uh, so this might be a little different, but this whole, this whole discussion has got me thinking about it. It's actually something that I've thought about in a weird way. Cause I think about it with sports, 
But like, let me let me try this. So let me try and word. This might be a little bit weird. So let me try and word this here. But with sports teams, right? When you're building, well, no matter what sport it is, but let's play, let's let's play, uh, let's play it with basketball, right? When you're trying to build a new successful team in the NBA in basketball today, when you start from scratch and you have nothing, it, it's hard to it's hard to go from last place to win a title in anything. And it's especially hard in the NBA because there's so many teams at the top there. It's so top heavy. There's so many very, 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 very good teams that are going to win the title every year. So what a lot of teams try, what a lot of those lower, smaller market teams try and impress on that is let's be a playoff team, but not a championship team as in like, let's get to the playoffs for six, seven years and be known as the team that made it to the playoffs for six, seven years and still be successful. But we don't need to work for the title right now. We don't need to shoot for the title right now because that's unrealistic in a weird way. I kind of feel like it's one of those things like we're so constantly all the time being like, how can we improve what we're doing with content, with what we're doing content creation? But I wonder, and this is why I'm asking you this, is there like something, is there good, something to be learned from or something to gain from maybe just like knowing where you are with like, with me, for example, right now, I can record a podcast, I can produce a podcast, I can put out there every week. And it's usually like, let's say 30 minutes to an hour. Instead of me focusing so, so much on trying to think of ways to improve that as it is, should I maybe just do three months or so of just doing that every single time the same way without fail and then having all that and learning from it like that? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, that's kind of what I've done with our podcast over the years. And like every now and then you have one of those eureka moments. My thing is, is there something to be gained from complacency, but... You know what I mean? Like, is there something to be gained from being complacent with how you're doing your content just because you're you're just trying to learn how to put it out every single time? And, and that way you completely ignore all the little things. You kind of ignore the big things as well because you're not really thinking about the future of the podcast because you're not really thinking how to improve it. But that's not the point. You know what I mean? Like, it's a way to like, kind of get you to not worry about the little things because you're not worrying about anything. Like, I don't like, I don't know. I think I, think I understand what you're like, getting you, at. You see what I'm trying to get at? Um, I, I wonder if there's something to be gained from that. I would say, let me know if this kind of touches on your question at all with, um, I, what I did when we started out with this week in gaming is I came up with a very simple format of, we're going to have like a little clip from somewhere in the show. Then we're going to have our intro music. Then we're going to have the podcast. Then we're going to, the podcast just ends abruptly. And I kept that format for like 10 to 20 episodes. So quite a while. And then after doing that for a while, I wasn't during that time. I wasn't thinking a lot about, okay, well, how do I make the audio quality better? How do I change the format? Cause it's like, if you're trying to walk and get somewhere and every time you take a step, you go a different direction and then try and figure out if you should stop or not. Right. It's like, you kind of need to walk in one direction before you can go. Yeah, this is the wrong way. I needed to turn around and go the other way. Or maybe I'm just slightly off course. So I think there is something to be said for having a format that you stick to for a while and knowing that you're going to end up changing things later on. But at least then you have a bunch of content that you can look at and be like, okay, this is the thing that I've been doing for all of these. And this is what I think I can change. This is what I think I could do better at. Because I think if you're kind of throwing darts at the dartboard all the time, then you're not going to really know how to change it. It's right. going to get really frustrating. And like, and the reason I'm saying that is because like what you just said is 
because we, like, we this whole focus of this episode is not getting like worked up with the little things. It's one of those things that one of those little things that you could be working people up is the fact that they're focusing so hard on trying to throw too many darts at the dartboard. That it's just one of those things that I feel people it's okay. I feel it should be more okay to like take a step back and be like, I'm just going to be consistent not goodly, not bad. I am just going to be consistent for a period of time so that I can learn something from this. That's I, essentially when that February, this the February for 2018, when I was doing a video every single day for YouTube, that was my thing. Right. Is I'm making a video every single day and I'm either going to learn to adapt and make it better along the way or at very least I'm going to continue having right. my standardized format and releasing something every single day. Because by putting something out there, you're already in a, a higher league than the people who are just thinking about it and not doing anything. Right. And like I just feel like saying that and like being reminded of that as a thing for people who are maybe struggling with the little things is I feel like that is a way to – at least not work out all the little things, but it's a way to at least get a list or get an idea of what little things you really should be working on. Because I feel like if you have three months worth of content that you have not changed, you have not done anything differently with, but you have three months worth of it, that is a great case study into looking at it and being like, okay, what are actually some things that I do want to improve about this? Or what, like you can look at those, con go back and look at that content and be like, huh, these are the little things that I need to focus on. Because I feel like if you do it, what you're doing and you're just doing like maybe you're just doing like weekly content and you just go week by week and then you wake up on Tuesday, Wednesday be like, huh, maybe I should improve this. There's no, there might be like, you may not even improve that thing. And then next week you're going to think of something completely different. And then next week after that, you're going to think of something completely different. And then you're going to start getting stressed out about all these ideas that you have, but you're not doing anything with it. See, I will say like, there's a good reason that the scientific method involves more than one repeated test of something. Right. And that's because you need more data to work off of. The more data you have to work off of, the better you're going to be. And I feel like that plays into whether you're doing YouTube videos or live streams or podcasts. I'm going to tell you this one. If you're making content, listen to watch, read or look at whatever format you're working with your own content. You're going to feel weird about it, especially if you're podcasting because no one is used to the it's sound of their own so voice. Weird. People hate the sound of their own I voice for the most it. part. But I've gotten very used to listening to myself a lot because I listen back to every episode we put out because sometimes I'll be listening and I'm like, yeah, I did whatever. It was an episode. It was a podcast. It, I can't think of anything right now that I could improve on. Right. And sometimes I'm listening and I'm like, Ooh, ideas. And I'm like, okay, I can write some things down. I can make some notes of things have, I want to change going it, forward. Go back. Um, but I've like, I've known people that I had a friend who was doing a podcast that was basically get a bunch of guys, sit down at a table, turn the mics on, shoot the shit for about an hour to two hours. And once it's done, there was like no editing. It was essentially just upload. There you go. There were no like, I don't know how many episodes that went on for. And I was like, well, do you listen to your own stuff? He's like, no, I don't listen to my own podcast. I don't want to listen to that garbage. I'm like, well, well, OK, <laughs> so if you want to be able to improve, I would say start somewhere and know that you're going to make changes over time. Uh, I think it's it's hard because you want to make all the changes all at once. You want to be the Lord of the Rings right. at the start and you're not going to be. Like and the like, Josh Foreman interview, you're going to suck to start. Yeah. And like making all those changes at the start or like at least wanting to make all those changes at the start is what I just think people get wrapped up in. And is once they, they get so excited about what they're making, what they're doing, they get too excited about the changes they want to make. And rather rather the where they should be going with it, not the changes they need to make. And I just it's something people get wrapped up in. And something I've noticed that I've gotten wrapped up in. And I feel like we need to talk about it now we're discussing the whole 
little things podcast. And yeah, I would also say like try not to um, if you have great ideas for videos and things, but you're not actually making videos. Stop telling people your great ideas. <laughs> yes. Um, someone almost <laughs> can I tell a story how someone almost stole never made varsity from me? With yeah, go for it. Because so I'm interested. All right. So basically. What happened was I came up with the idea for Never Made Varsity. At least I came up with the name Never Made Varsity in 2015 with my sister down in North Carolina because that's where she lives. Because she was trying to – the typical older sibling, well, what are you going to do with your life, blah, blah, blah thing. And then we we started talking and then I came up with – I jokingly said Never Made Varsity would be the name of my sports website if I had one. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's a genius name. I was – the absolutely genius and then i was texting one of my i'm not going to say his name but one of my buddies who he he is also a sports fan more of a basketball fan but he mainly mainly focused on basketball but he was more of a sports fan i was talking to him about how i came up with that idea and he took the name never made varsity and he gave he has a he my friend my buddy has a sibling who works in a sports channel down in tennessee and he told that to his older brother and his brother was going to take it and use it to make call entitle his sports show for like their local news station. He was going to title the Never Made Varsity section of sports, where they were going to look at like all high school, like all high school fails and stuff. And I was like, that is genius. And because my buddy told that to me, and I was like, but don't take that because I'm going to go home and now put Never Made Varsity as a domain so that no one could take it. And that's exactly what I did because he tried to do it. He tried to make he. There's like two clips of it on YouTube of. Him going with the never made varsity fails is like one minute clips about like high school fail, like high school athletes failing at things. And then like I sent an email to the Tennessee news station. I was like, uh, never made varsity is actually a domain name of this website. It was my website, but it wasn't it wasn't made of anything. There wasn't anything on it. It was just the domain was up. But there was nothing on that website. But I sent them the email being like, hey, uh, this is a domain of a website. So I wouldn't uh, – you guys may be uh, overstepping your boundaries. And then they changed the – I don't remember what they changed the name to it. But they kept doing it, but they changed the name. So that's how I found out that Never Made Varsity almost got stolen from me because I jokingly told it to my buddy over text. Wow. In 2015. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, too. Okay, so there's a psychological thing that goes on, right? So let's say I have a really great idea for a video that I want to put together. And so we get together, and I'm like, Watson, I have this fucking amazing idea, dude. <laughs> and then I give you the whole idea, and then you say back to me, that is an amazing idea. You really need to make that video. Unfortunately, you have not encouraged me to make the video. All you have done is my brain now releases the dopamine for being successful right. at doing a thing I didn't Thank do. You. So now when it comes to actually making, I'm like, why would I put in the effort? I've already been praised for it and I didn't even have to do it. Uh -huh. it's That's a worst. subconscious thing. Like people don't consciously go, ah, oh, I've already gotten my reward. Why would I bother? You think you tell yourself, I'm going to continue. I'm going to make yeah. this. I'm going to do this. And I have a tendency now to not tell people I'm going to do something until I have already done it. And then you can say, look at what I did. Not here's what I'm going to do. So a lot of my stuff just stays in my head. Which it should. Which I would recommend to create. If you as, find yourself as one of those people, like I said, that you keep coming out with great ideas for things and not making those things, either find yourself a job as like a think tank so you can give those ideas <laughs> to people who are actually going to make them if you're too lazy to do so yourself, or stop talking about it and do it. It's like uh, David Delarocco said in uh, Boondock Saints with uh, you got your talkers and you got your doers. And when it comes down to it, the doers are the ones that change this world. 
That's exactly what it is. Like, that's why when you, when you were talking about, oh, I want to make a sports podcast, like, stop talking about it. Just yeah. do it. How long? Like, I probably talked to you, like, I probably talked in that class for, like, a year. Because we, we had two years, basically, we were together in those classes. Probably for the first year, folks, I literally, like, went to every class being like, yep, one day I'm going to come up with that Never Made Varsity podcast. And all of you were just staring at me like, mm, yeah, yeah, we're sure of it, MJ. Well, we're sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. And, like, subconsciously, you're getting all those, it's a good idea, it's a good idea, yeah. you should do that. And, and that's and, why And I your brain goes... I already did it until you till you looked at me one day and just well do it <laughs> come over to my house this weekend and do it yeah. huh <laughs> you free Saturday get over here <laughs> I you can't complain that you don't have the equipment because it's all here yeah once you once you got all the equipment it was game over for me and anyone else that was still it's still game there. over for a lot of my my friends now because now I get I talk to people and it's like. Oh, why? I've been thinking about starting a Twitch channel. Oh, well, what's stopping you? I don't have the equipment. You can borrow mine. <laughs> now what's stopping you? Yeah. Now it's just laziness. Yeah. Because like now I've got the Blue Yeti that we used when I very first started with YouTube and everything, and I don't use it anymore. We, we're running Behringer mics through our audio, like through the Mackie board. Everything's good. Sounds great. It's easy to set up. I don't need the Blue Yeti for things, but rather than just like sell it or donate it to someone, I prefer to keep it around. In case I ever need a backup, but also because then I can lend it to people right. who are trying to do something. So if someone wants to start streaming, but they don't have a good quality mic, like Blue Yeti mics are running about 120 bucks. Like I, I got mine on sale for about 100 a few years ago. And that was a huge expense to right. me because I hadn't started doing anything. And I was like, this might just be something that sits on my desk and nothing ever comes of it. Like, it's just going to be a fancy piece of hardware and everyone's going to come over and be like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, just leave it here for decoration. <laughs> See, um, but going back on your thing of content creation and like the skill of keep, I honestly call it a skill, the skill of keeping your ideas to yourself. I, I want to say this too. Don't feel because if you're one of those people out there who's listening to this and like you're thinking about your maybe, maybe you have one of those ideas in your head and you want to be a content creator. Don't think you're being selfish because you're not telling like your friends your ideas or your family your ideas because you, maybe your friends might ask you about like, oh, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you up to? Don't feel like I know it's one of those things like it's hard for people to it's hard for some people. But don't feel like you're being selfish because you're keeping something to yourself because like Josh said, it's easier to go to people with something that you've already done and be like, here tell me what you think about it now because you're going to get a more honest answer and you're going to get an actual constructive answer rather than here's an idea and here is your theoretical thoughts on my theoretical idea. And it's just, it's one of those things that I want to make sure, because it's, it's one of the things I kind of really put on this podcast, the whole idea of being a little selfish is okay sometimes. And that's another one of those things is being a little selfish with keeping your ideas to yourself is okay. It's okay sometimes. See, and there are... Um, certain situations in which it's fine to discuss ideas with people if you need feedback, if you're working with someone on a project. Right. But if, you, if you're if you going to go around and tell every Joe Schmo what you're thinking about doing, your brain's going to get the, uh, that's a great idea or that's a terrible idea. And one way or another, either that's a great idea, I already got my reward, I don't need to do it, or that's a terrible idea, glad I didn't do that then. But that's one person's opinion. Like, you and I have had conversations off mic, specifically off mic, about <laughs> other podcasts that I've had thoughts for that will just bounce ideas back and right. forth and it makes the ideas better, but that stays between us. That doesn't, that's like, I don't go out and just talk to like my coworkers or whoever right. about this like podcast idea. I have this great idea for a podcast. Let me tell you all about it. And then, you know, cause you never know when a, you're going to find someone who will steal that idea <laughs> Yep. <laughs> or B it's, you're just going to diffuse yourself from ever doing it. So 
like I have things that I'm still working on when I have time, but I haven't had a lot of time to to put that much effort into other things. You know, I've, I've got enough on my plate with the the three podcasts we're yeah, already running. You've got and plenty doing of my podcasts as it is right now. So, and it's it's crazy. You know, I actually had um, talking to my boss and like the CEO of our company that I'm working for, Ooh. and they my boss was able to throw something at me that I thought was really interesting because I am like of a content creator mindset. So I'm thinking about production value, quality, storytelling, you know, all this stuff that goes into that. I don't think so much of it as a business. I'm interested in business stuff. That's not what I went to school for. Um, so I try not to, you know, run things like a business. I try to just have fun with stuff. And uh, my boss had said to me one day, he goes, you know, this company is like a multi-million dollar company that we're part of. And the quality, uh, he didn't say so much about the quality, but he's like, you know, we have a niche market, a relatively niche market. We don't have a whole lot of competition and we're being pretty successful. What you're trying to do with like playing games on Twitch or making game related YouTube content, making podcasts, he's like, you have more competition than this company is ever going to see. And that is insane. And I'm like, yeah, but that's also what drives me. Like right. thinking of certain things from a business aspect has been weird to me thinking about like, oh, your competition, because for whatever reason, if you're outside the world of YouTube, like a lot of parents are just like, oh, no, kids just go on YouTube and they make stupid money doing whatever. And anybody can do it. You can just go on there and put a video that you didn't put any effort into up and it's going to make you money. And it's like, no, there are people out there that bust their behinds to put good quality videos out that aren't seeing any ad revenue because the YouTube machine decides that their content isn't advertiser friendly. Speaking of which, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can send a message out to Rob Dyke, see if we can get him on the show. I think finally, that, I was actually just going to say, though, not even just that, but I feel like that'd be an interesting episode for us to have one day is bring in a very maybe not even like in the content creation field, like a couple of media creation field, but a businessman. Let him come he's in. one from an outside perspective that he's been firsthand affected by YouTube's algorithm, by right. the way that things have been changing, by the way that the adpocalypse has gone. And. So I'm sure he's had to make shifts and changes to everything he's been doing. He's been uh, from an outside perspective. OK, because like I haven't like gotten into the details with him in the past. But <laughs> right. from an outside perspective, you saw the channel start with why would you put this on the Internet? Um, sorry, why would you put that on the Internet? I don't want to butcher the name here. And it started off there. And then you see him branch out from like this kind of gag show of like picking on stupid things people have done on the internet, shifting that over to what seems like it's more up his alley, more of his interest with like serial killer files and top tens of like creepy places. Uh, the seriously strange series, really, really good stuff. Like I would watch this on the sci-fi channel type stuff, right? Stuff that's, it's got a more niche market than people who are looking to make fun of other people. But you, you were able to see that shift into higher production quality, great videos, in-depth content. But then, I almost feel like it started to kind of you get that audience drop off of people who are just there for why would you put that on the Internet? Right. And it's like, oh, you're making things you want to make. Screw you. I'm not here for this. And then they leave. So now you're like losing subs. And then the whole thing with YouTube kicks on. And it's like, well, now what do I do? Right. Because it seems I'm sure it feels for a lot of people like in order to get anywhere on YouTube, you have to be like Logan Paul and like wake up in the morning, go piss on an old man's grave go prank an orphanage with mustard gas, like whatever the case is, stupid, dangerous, meme-worthy shit. And the things that get you in the news, and it's not good attention either. And 
I don't know. I, I just feel, it's a sad, sad thing. Like I when Piscopo used to get upset because the meme videos he made were much more popular than the things he put time right. and effort into. Oh God, I know I know how much that used to kill him. And it's just like it's the thing though, it's it's a stigma that I don't know if it's a stigma, but it's just one of those things that, like you agree, all you can really do to fight it is if you're going to be a content creator, do your own thing. Like, the, like there is no... You really have to. There is no way to fight back other than that. Just I, if there be is, true I have to yet whatever, to find it. Be true to whatever it is you want to do and don't... It's hard not to, but don't care what anyone else thinks. Right. I've seen that a lot in one of my um, more recent people I've been watching on YouTube, Michael Reeves. He's just blatantly like he do, he gets into a lot of like nerdy tech stuff because he writes code for things. But he did an epi- uh, video of like Trigger Me Elmo where he built the animatronics, the software <laughs> right. and all that stuff, right. put it all together. He does meme clickbaity sort of videos, but he actually goes through and makes the things he says he's going to make in the in the title card, which is great. So like I know what I'm getting into and I know he's not just clickbaiting me, even though the title is kind of clickbaity. But there was one I'm watching and <laughs> he's like, all right. Now, this is normally the part of the video where I get into explaining the code and all that nerd shit, but I've been reading your comments. I hear you loud and clear, and fuck you, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> and then he'll get into the nerd shit. He's like, this is my channel, I'm doing what I want. And it's, I was like, that is the kind of like blatant up yours, I'm doing what I want to do attitude that I can appreciate in a content right. creator, right? Like, I'm almost like, shit, I want to give this guy money. Yeah, like, I, pre- I love that shit. Like, I appreciate I'm sure it. he's living mostly on Patreon for his content because... That's the only Patreon is like the saving grace of a lot of content creators right now because you can rely on people more than you can rely on the algorithms and AdSense and whatnot that. And I think that people would much rather, at least from my perspective, people would much rather support something directly, both for the sake of feeling like you have a direct connection with the creation process, but also because like then I don't feel like I have to be bombarded with ads all the time in order to help pay these people. Like, I would much rather pay for, like we were talking earlier with mobile games, I'd much rather pay for a game than be bombarded by advertisements right. while playing that game. I'd rather just to help the developer and help me by not wasting my time. Unless you but, buy from EA, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> they're still apologizing. So, <sighs> don't get caught up too much in the little stuff. Have fun with it is the big thing and try to be practical it's easy to get caught up in needing bigger better equipment it's easy to get caught up in like i can't start my channel until i have the perfect logo we've changed our logo so many times over the last four years i can't like i'm gonna end up putting up like a a timeline of our logos i'll make that into a flipping poster that's what i should do really is for our merch store is make a uh, an andy warhol poster of all of our old logos (laughs) from from the I scribbled this in MS Paint all the way down to uh, we actually have a graphic artist now. So and then you can see the evolution right. go on and like the horrible color schemes that you really only ever find in the furry community. So like <laughs> the things like these colors don't go together. What are you doing? And just put that on a poster and people can have like the timeline of yeah, dude logos and let that be a freaking reminder to you not to get caught up in the small things. Start doing what you want to be doing before you feel like you're ready because if you wait till you're ready you're never going to start period if we waited until we were ready to start recording half the time we would just never start recording i have to hit the record button and then we'll have like two to four minutes of just banter and then we jump into it with uh greetings everyone if i waited any longer to start recording never made varsity av underground wouldn't have been a thing because i wouldn't have been here to come up with the idea with josh yeah it's one of those things sometimes you have off weeks and you're like all right 
I'm going to just hit record. Whatever happens, happens. We used to do that a lot in season one. I want to do that a lot less in season three. Yeah. Um, but we'll, but that's, we'll get to, we'll, we'll talk more about that we'll, in our recap episode. We'll get to that in season three stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's all I had to say. I just wanted to really touch it, on like the, the fact that all I really wanted to focus on was getting into Twitch right now for my thing and like and doing my podcasts on the side. And how much more that involved than I ever thought it would involve. Right. Because that's one of those things you're going to realize as you're getting into it. And it's it's very opposite the mindset I used to have of like, oh, I'm only doing one podcast. I'm not doing nearly enough. Yeah. I need to add more things because all it is is a podcast. But then you start to realize, well, yeah, but there's the recording, the post-production, mixing, mastering the audio. Coming up with ideas for Figuring out where you're going to put it on. Yeah. Coming up with the pre-production planning, show notes, um what you're going to talk about and then okay well now you have a podcast now it's up there now it's uploaded to whatever platform you have it on now what well now i need to share it with people okay i hope you're running a facebook page a twitter account and an instagram and i hope you know how to use hashtags (laughs) because boy are you going to need to hashtag the dickens out of this to really draw people to it because no one's going to just stumble upon you and it's almost maddening do one thing (laughs) start with one thing and see how far that expands before you try and add other things don't be like me kids (laughs) Or do be like me. I don't know. Maybe you're absolutely Whatever crazy and you feel like you can make it happen. And then everyone around you just goes, you're you're a madman. How do you do this? And then email us from of what you've learned from that experience. So then oh. we can talk about it on an episode on AV I'm Underground. To, <laughs> I'm going to have to show you later. I posted it in um, the Discord server, the Adu Discord server that I got. Like, I need to put a CAPTCHA on our contact form on our website because, boy, have we been getting spam. Oh, uh, one of which <laughs> I'm not going to read the actual like email because it's both inappropriate and it butchers the english language in a manner i've never seen the english language butchered but it's from a a, an email address called fishalicious fish (laughs) and i'm like that seems like a phishing scam (laughs) if you know what i mean i hope so it's spelled with an f not a ph so like are you trying to be seafood what is going on here um but I've been getting at like just random stuff being sent to fan mail that is definitely not fan mail. So right. I got to work on that. And that's another one of those things, you know, it's part like, of it. I just want to run a darn Twitch stream and have fun <laughs> playing with playing video games and chatting with people. But I really want to make the experience as good as it can be. Emails from fishermen. And God a lot of it. it. Yeah. A lot of it <laughs> is uh, <laughs> salty emails from fishermen. <laughs> and it wasn't even salty. I'm just salty about it. Um, it but a lot salt, of it, it was salty from the seawater, finding things, tweaking things and making it a well-oiled machine over time. You're not going to get everything right off the bat. Don't don't lie to yourself and be like, I'm going to do everything there is to do right off the bat. You're going to get pretty darn close. And as you go along, you're going to find the things you need to tweak. It's just going to happen. Start a podcast and like, you know, maybe your first 10 episodes are just I recorded this and I don't know how to master it. I don't know how to like make the audio level sound good, but I think I have something important to talk about and just throw that up on like whatever hosting site you're using. If you're like through Anchor or Podbean or SoundCloud, I don't care where you're at. Just do it. Do it. Get it out there. Get feedback from people. And if you get the feedback from people that's like, oh, you suck at this. Be like. Yeah, but you're not podcasting. I am. <laughs> and then just get back into it and make it better. Like try, if if you get people that just tell you you suck and they can't give you a reason why, it's one thing if you're like someone emails you or comments on your stuff and they're like, hey, um, your podcast is kind of garbage. So your audio quality is off. 
you should definitely drop a noise reduction on that. You should definitely do that. And like they're giving you like this is the things you should have done. Right. That's look different. at those go. Which of these are actually important to me? OK, I'd like to drop noise removal. I would like to master the audio. I would like to cut out the beginning and the end where it's just me clicking the mouse to start recording. Uh, so how do I do those things? Maybe you don't know how. So now you're going to look them up and you're like, OK, well, cool. Maybe you can message that person back and be like, hey, I'm new to this. I don't know how to uh, do background noise removal. Can do you have any suggestions? This is what I'm using. Maybe you can like work it that way and try and better yourself from it. But I think a big mistake a lot of people make is like as soon as they get something quote unquote negative, you just curl up in a corner Shut and you're down. like, I'm bad at this. I'm stopping. Right. Don't stop. If you're having fun with it, keep at it. <sighs> All right. I've bantered enough. Yeah, I was to say we tried to end it five minutes ago. And we here did. We are. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another episode of AV Underground where we'll talk about who knows what. We'll figure it out by then. We've only got a few more episodes left. so We do. Of this um, season. Of this season. This we're, not, season we're not canceling. Yeah, no. <laughs> season two will wrap by the end of September. Yeah. And then we're going to take some time off to really go through and spend the kind of time and dedication that it takes right. to plan things. We'll, we'll get more into this, but it could be like – a two-week hiatus could be a month hiatus. We don't really know. The it's one thing that I do know is I will keep you guys posted. Right. Uh, like we've said before, communication is a huge thing. So pay, if you're a fan of AV Underground, you can hop into the yeah, Dude Discord server, follow yeah, Dude Gamers on Twitter, and I will keep you guys posted as to what's going on with AV Underground as we know. But that being said, thank you guys so much for, for listening. If you're into the merch idea uh, i'll leave the link in the description below as well as a link to the yeah dude gamers extra life charity we're going to be doing that in november the first weekend in november the third and fourth our schedule will go up as soon as we know it we're working on piecing it together because we're doing 12 hours a day to do live streams on our twitch channel to raise money for boston children's hospital or children's miracle network hospitals in general because we have a new team member now and and he's doing a local hospital to him as opposed to we're all local to boston so boston children's it is He's doing a different hospital. So it's all Children's Miracle Network stuff. It's all a good time. I bought dog training shock collars specifically to entertain people and raise money for kids. So like if you want to see us in pain and doing all that kind of stuff, the link to our donations page will be in the link below and follow us on Twitch to know when we go live. Check out the website and Twitter to follow. Find our schedule as soon as that's up, which will be sometime probably mid-October. But otherwise, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Until next time, keep creating. See ya. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios and is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Eileen Hubbard and For Love of Nerd. To find out more about our guests this week, check the links in the description. Our intro music is Nine to Thrive by Culla. Find out more about Culla by visiting Culla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.